In this episode of the Exploring Information Security Podcast, what's happening at DerbyCon 2018, part one. Welcome to the Exploring Information Security Podcast, where you learn, explore, and grow your security mindset. I'm your host, Timothy D. Block, and in this episode, we will be at DerbyCon. Uh, this is another uh, what's happening at DerbyCon where I get a couple couple buddies, some friends around, and we just sit around and talk about various different things within the industry. A um, couple things with this episode. Uh, I'm still getting used to recording uh, out in public, so I forgot to grab uh, the audio that I had already recorded. I recorded the... Um, what is advanced OSINT episode with the guys and I forgot to take that off before I recorded with these guys. So about 45 minutes in, it just stopped and I didn't realize it. So we actually kept talking for a little bit. Uh, that audio is lost for good because it was never recorded. But we went ahead, pulled it off, and then we went ahead and uh, continued our conversation. Um, which so, so for this one, it won't be a full hour and a half, which is what I usually le- le- like to leave those shows. Uh, this will be part one, about 45, 50 minutes long, and then part two will be about uh, the same. So um, pretty good stuff. Had Micah Hoffman, uh, Josh Huff, and Justin Nordin on, um, some OSINT guys. I, I've been doing a lot of OSINT training this year and uh, getting to those, know those guys a little bit more. Um, I use OSINT not on a daily basis, but pretty regularly in my job. Uh, for a variety of reasons. And so we kind of get into some OSINT. We kind of get into some other stuff. Um, of course, thank you to the Hyatt for this episode. Um, they gave us a space, which uh, I, I wish I'd, I had uh, decided to move to a table a little bit farther away from the noise. So the noise plays a pretty big role in this one. Um, I kind of let, let uh, send it out to my co-hosts to, to ask their opinions on it. They, they felt it was um, reasonable enough. It, it's not the quality I like. So again, I, I'm learning. Um, also trying to find a space where we can fit four people and record an episode isn't, isn't the best. I think uh, in the future, I'm going to try and get a room with like a table or something. Uh, we'll see going forward. Um, but yeah, so I, I apologize for the audio. It is what it is. I can't really change it. You can still hear our conversation. You're just going to get quite a bit of uh, uh, background noise because we were right next to the Hyatt bar. So um, feedback is welcome. Timothy.dblock at gmail.com. Website, timothydblock.com forward slash EIS is where you can find the show notes for this show. And of course, rate it on iTunes. I'm on Twitter at Timothy D Block. Um, so with that, let's get right into it. I'm not prepared for this at all. I'm actually really exhausted from like just being at conferences constantly. Are you recording now? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny because we started like the last podcast. I was like, so how do you think the course is? And he goes, are you recording now? I was like, yeah. <laughs> it went fantastic. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> you, you turn on that. Yeah, we had a great time in class. Everything was really great. <laughs> <laughs> Can you turn it off for a second? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how is the class? It's going good. It's evolving. It's definitely evolving. It's, uh, you know, we, we are out of the beta. We've had some, uh, some student feedback. And it's neat because I approach OSINT, and we were just talking about this tonight, I approach OSINT from one direction of, you know, the hackerish way, the recon pen test way, the PI way. Um, but I'm learning from all my students that there are so many other ways that people are looking and using the 
collecting us in. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So. And that's that's Mike. By the way, I guess we should go around and just so people can get level set. Don't forget within like five minutes who's talking though. Yeah. So, but that was Micah. That's me. Who else we have? This is Josh. Wow. A lot of them that we haven't talked yet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's Josh. My name is Josh. 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 <laughs> and we have Justin Nordine. Justin Nordine, Mr. Mr. OSINT Framework, who I just learned tonight has 1,200 tools in his framework. I actually counted them for my talk at DEF CON. Did you? Yeah, for the Recon Village. I Is that right? I get cloned uh, OSINT Framework. I also scrape data from Technozettes and Bruno Mortier's and other people. And uh, I actually counted up, at the best I could, how many each, each tool had in it, right. each resource. And the one that won, not to say that you're not trying hard, buddy, but the iIntelligence PDF thing. Oh, yeah, they five blow them out a lot. Thousand resources. Yeah. But it's just listed. It's not like it's organized, but it's, it's uh, yeah, it's huge. Right. That's nice. I've tapped into that one a handful of times. They have a lot of good resources. That's a good progression for the framework, though. I, if I recall. Three years ago, for my first DerbyCon talk, I reached out to you and asked for a count so I could like reference it, and it yep. was like in the six hundreds three years ago. So yeah, it's growing cool. fast, it's, and that's honestly where the, the point where I'm at now is I'm kind of slowing down and not adding tools unless they're significant, right? Unless they make a big difference compared <laughs> to what's already in there. Um, just because it's, I don't want it to get so large and obnoxious that it makes it hard for people to find, you know, something that's helpful inside of it. Is that so, something you get a lot of feedback on? Um, a little bit. I, I mostly get notified of, of sites that are down now. Right. Um, and because I don't have anything, I, I need to set up something automated to check them all. But uh, I've, every now and then, I got there's a couple of folks that, that actually send uh, some new tools and new resources from time to time, which is really nice. Yeah, I was going to ask you. You know, I've got a bunch of open source projects, and the things I get are, hey, it's broken, and it's. Uh, you know, it's something that you need to fix so that I can do my job. Yep. And, I mean, and there are some projects and some people out there that are really helpful, but for right. OSINT Framework, are you the primary contributor? Yeah. Are you still oh, yeah. doing that, that month of OSINT like you did? Yeah, I haven't done that again. That was that was a mistake. That, was, <laughs> that, that got the family angry at me. What was the month of OSINT? So that was, I think I did that two years ago where I was trying to get just a big push to uh, update the tool. I had a big backlog of tools that, that weren't in the framework and I would, you know, talk talk to life. I was like, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna add ten tools a day for a month, um, and I was like, yeah, it'll be fine. It, don't worry, honey. It'll be, you know, maybe an hour a day. And it took me like three hours a day every time. Really? I did it. Oh, I was, Why did it take so long? Because uh, I, because I have cares. I didn't want it to be crappy tools, and I wanted to put them in the right category. And so then I got interested in them too. Right? I'd pull up a tool and I'd play with it for a little while and and go exploring with it. So it, it just took me, you know, significantly longer than it probably should have. But I had some fun with it. So it was a good time. That was probably when I added. I mean, that was what three hundred tools right there. So, jeez, three hundred tools in a month. Yeah, like you were adding like. I days. guess that was a block, block, back, block backlog of tools. Yeah, I thought I had a big backlog to go through, but that was the other hard part too. Was you know, half of them are down or they're just clones, and I didn't want to add you know sixteen of the same thing either. So right. it doesn't necessarily help. All right, so, but it's been fun. Yeah, it's. I like the, the research that you were doing, Micah, from the, the talk you gave at DEF CON, you know, comparing all the different tools that are out there. It's, 
that's the fun thing that I've noticed too with OSINT because I built the framework from kind of the same perspective, right? From an InfoSec background, from the, the cybersecurity background, but there's so many other fields that, you know, if, if you're not thinking about it, that use OSINT in wildly different ways, it makes it really interesting from the journalism or just private investigators and all that other stuff. There's, there's a lot of stuff to learn out there for the other fields. We came across that uh, uh, headhunter recruiting oh, yeah. contingent. Um, I think it was like two years ago. I caught OSINT framework trending in one of my feeds under just general OSINT tools, and I was like, hey, what, "Who are these people?" And it was, uh, I think, based out of Atlanta, um, sourced, and it was all headhunters and recruiters talking about like advanced OSINT techniques to go and find the talent within companies and stuff right. to go and recruit. So, SourceCon, I think I yeah. remember that one. Yeah. Yep. They just had another one. Just recently, um, I, I caught wind of it again just because it was. You know, That's cool. That I picked up on the first time, but yeah, it was a complete niche that I never thought of, of using OSINT that way. Yeah, I remember too. Uh, I think you were there. You were there with me at uh, Osmosis Con, uh, talking to a couple of recruiters, and they had some just wild ideas for using OSINT from a recruiting <laughs> standpoint. That, that I made no sense to me at the time, but uh, just some weird. Like they were using dating sites and uh, like uh, for what mobile like mobile phone emulation to, you know, find like who's uh, going, like they drop a, a, a dating site profile in front of like an office building and, you know, for a potential place where they could pull um, like recruits from. What? Yeah, oh, yeah, it was weird. That's weird. Yeah. Like, like, and that's what I don't understand is like, like recruiters, like they have the opportunity to OSINT, like if they were to OSINT and they just almost, and create essentially a phishing email, it's not malicious, but it's like it gets people to actually like click on links and respond. Like, I get I get hit up not by recruiters necessarily, but it's all automated right now. They just try to blast out right. people. But if you take a opportunity to like OSINT some people that you want to like maybe try to recruit, yeah, it's like how do I build rapport with them? How do you know you, you use certain trigger things? Hey, can we talk? You know things like that. And like even so, I get hit up with the podcast now for marketing stuff. Like, I mean, I got thrown into some marketing database, so I get constant marketing emails, and they're all automated. And the ones that I and I have had people on that have reached out to me that want to promote stuff when they like direct it towards me and talk about something specifically, or you know, some of them are better at than others. I can totally tell when people are like, "Hey, so I heard you like the Astros," you know, and I'm a Yankees fan, and 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 things like that. And so it's. It's like, and, and I get that, but I still engage with those people because it's like, okay, you've taken some extra effort to like try to figure out, and it's more targeted at me, which means I'm not gonna, you know, respond to it and then be like, oh, this guy responded, you know, who is he? What you know, what, right. what does he do? You know, so it's like, um, there's value for you there. Right, exactly. It's not just you. I want to show their stuff. It's, right. it's something that's good for your listeners. It's something that's good for the. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the big thing with the podcast is just making sure that it's it's good for the listeners as far as I don't want to have someone come on and just, just spewing something and they pay me a certain amount of money. I want it to be like so authentic and genuine. I'm paying you to be oh, on at this point right now. I'm picking up the tab. That's right. So uh, getting to the recruiters, I had a, a, one of the challenges that, that many companies have now is how do you find cyber talent? You know, because in many marketplaces, uh, there's a negative unemployment rate for cyber security people, so everybody is stealing people from other people. And, yep. and, and so I started talking with some recruiters in the industry, like, how do you find people? And 
one of the recruiters said to me, she, she kind of did that Mr. Incredibles thing. She looked left, she looked right. <laughs> left. I'm not telling you this, but we use this stuff called Boolean searches. I'm like, Boolean searches? What's that? Tell me more. She's like, okay, you go to Google, you type in quote penetration tester, quote, or quote vulnerability management, or like, oh, you guys are Google dorking. She's not about Boolean searches, and I can show you. So she sent me a PDF, and she didn't know those Mr. Incredible things. She looked left and right, she's like, I'm getting in a lot of trouble for sharing this with you. <laughs> she, sent me, she sent me this PDF, and uh, I hope she's not listening, I really do. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, this is Josh Hoff. <laughs> so, so she sends me this PDF, and it's a PDF of a training that she went through at one of these conferences. And it has a lot of those types of Boolean searches. Yep. But it was like from two years ago. I was like, well, let me see if I can do some Google dorking and find the most recent one. Sure enough, no. Like three Google dorks into it. I'm like, oh. And I took the, the 2018 version of it, and I sent it to her. I said, don't feel bad about you uh, sharing this with me. This is on the internet. And I just used those techniques to find this document. Here you go. So uh, it's kind of fun. Yeah. But yeah, they're doing all the same ocean stuff that we're doing. Find people that, right. are, that meet a certain criteria. Yeah. Right. I think it's a brilliant idea. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like you were saying, right? If somebody actually puts the effort forth to learn something about you before they reach out, there's right. a much better chance I'm actually going to respond as opposed to the automated ones. Yeah. 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 I, and I'm, you know, I guess, I guess we do have some recruiters at conferences, but I just don't see it. I'm like, that's where, and if you want to get people, that's where it's at. But I guess, right. I guess some of it too, is that like just the industry in general, like you come to these conferences and you talk to people and it's like, Hey, I got this up. I, I, I had people like, are you looking? <laughs> we're, we're looking. Cause you know, they're, they're actually wearing like the blue bands and stuff. And so you can identify some of that, but. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but it's, it's just, I don't know, I, I feel like recruiters just, like some of these tools, and I've talked about this before, like OSIN in general is just something that can be applied across multiple facets of things. Um, it's not just for penetration testers, but it can be applied for incident response, it can be applied for security awareness training, it can be, I think, you know, recruiters could use it, marketing people can use it a lot better. Than, than I guess what it currently is. Or I guess they are using it somewhat and starting to get introduced to it with the or statements, but. Yeah, new age, not just that though. I mean, I'm seeing a lot more people use add-ons and extensions to do things, not really advanced things, but um, I've seen some browsers of people that have like 15 or 20 add-ons and extensions in them. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, how do you know what all of those are doing? Because I know that some of the ones that I use, like ad blockers and stuff, they say, hey, when you enable this, it's going to be able to see everything that you visit and right. change stuff in the page. I'm just thinking one of those add-ons that they're using for OCD stuff or to extract things from LinkedIn or something, if one of those is bad, then they're giving away all of their leads to some other company or some other country mm, or whatever. Yeah. Um, the potential for that is, is high when people have good intentions but don't understand the technology. Mm -hmm. yep. I have a lot of trust issues with add-ons for that reason exactly. Really? Yeah. Just good. I mean, because I, I can't see what's happening underneath, right? And it's, it's telling me it's supposed to do a thing, but how do I know it's not also doing something else as without being able to take the time to, to dig into it? It's just it's more of that freeware level of stuff, right? As opposed to a, a product you're buying or something along those lines. You, 
have a little bit more faith that those are you know getting reviewed properly at least by their company until they're not and, right <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why i have that faith I, yeah, yeah, yeah you know yeah no and just yeah I, I don't know i guess paid development i just seen so many issues. Oh, yeah. It's just, so. as, just as bad. Well, and see, that, that was the counter argument with open source, right? It's like everybody's looking at it. The source code's out there. No one's looking at it. No. Yeah. No. Just, just remember, I think we all lived through Heartbleed yeah. at one point. So. so, Tim, what's, up, what's new in your life? Why? It's not, this is not about me. <laughs> <laughs> not about me. Um, yeah, again, I'm not prepared for this one. So we're just kind of sitting around enjoying DerbyCon. Some ambient noise and ambient noise, and hopefully it's not too bad, but we'll, we'll see in the recording after the fact. But. Uh, since we're recording at DerbyCon, how many, how many DerbyCons have we been to? This is my fourth one. It was my fourth one. I brought Josh, and I take tons of credit for that, so. I think I missed two, so yeah. this is my sixth. Yeah. Wow, so were you at like the first one? No, I started at like number two, skip three, and then I've been at all of them since then. Wow. What is this one, eight? Eight. I think this is my fifth then. Yeah. yeah it's kind of grown too. Grown yeah. and, and made it more difficult to actually get in. That's one of the most frustrating things is the uh, the competitiveness of the ticket. I think a lot of people just like buying the tickets. You know? It's like, oh, I want the ticket together. Yeah. Um, but really, I mean, the, the, the way to get tickets to these cons, and I'm going to share this with everybody right now, um, is you don't buy the tickets, or you try to buy the tickets, but what you do is you get that room block, so when the, the conference gets the room block, you go ahead and reserve the room, you buy the tickets, and you just watch Twitter for, hey, I got two tickets to sell, and, and you make all your travel plans, and then that last week or two, just watch social media because there are tons of them. In fact, DerbyCon this year has that um, has spreadsheet. The, it's Slack not only a spreadsheet, it's uh, the Slack channel. Oh, really? They have Slack oh, the Slack channel. channel. Yeah, they, yeah. They have the Slack group and in there there's buy or sell and you can just watch that. So I mean, ShmooCon too, people will have things that happen in in February or January um, and you can never get tickets to it. You just watch for the resales. Yeah. So make those travel plans, especially since Reserving a hotel room costs you nothing. Right. So you get like twenty four hours. Right. right. Training is also a good way to get in if you can get your yep. company to pay for it. And I'd say like the training here is pretty good for the price. It's like twelve hundred bucks. Yeah. 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 So. And then. Be a speaker. <laughs> yeah, if you can That's be a speaker, you get free yeah. free ticket if you're accepted as a speaker. So um, this conference is outstanding to new people, um, and that's one of the things that. It, this is a people-friendly conference. I was having a conversation with a guy in the bar last night, and he was brand new, and we were talking about, you know, I have a blog, so I was talking about some of the entries I put in there, and he was like, oh, yeah, I don't really have anything good enough to, to put in a blog. I was like, yeah, you do. If, if you're here and you're interested in InfoSec enough, you're going to study something right. that you can put in a blog, and it's one of those two-pronged things where you're learning you're writing about it in a blog, which is archiving it for right. you. You're actually learning it better, and then other people are going to be able to pick up on that and follow you in um, learning stuff. So this conference is great to kind of jump in and do that. I think the, the panel keynote touched on that. John Strand said that. He's like, just do a blog, do something, contribute. Because, and even, it doesn't matter if you get four or five people reading your blog, four or five people reading your blog. And right. that's, that's four or five people that are 
getting some kind of value. And it doesn't even, I, I think blogs are great it, for multiple reasons. One, you're getting information out there, you're contributing, but two, you're improving your writing every time you blog. I've been wanting to blog a lot more because uh, when I blog, I just pick up some new techniques for writing. Um, but it doesn't have to necessarily be blogging. It can be, um, I've seen people make quilts for a conference and then they you know, raffle that off as part of it. So if you, if, there's, if you have like an extra hobby, I've done photography for several conferences. And um, so that's, uh, and that's allowed me to connect. Like I'm, I'm not a person that just walks up to people. I try to improve that and like introduce myself and talk to meet new people. I've met a lot of new people here now and being, going to a lot of these, like I, I've practiced at that. So I've gotten a lot better at it. But the initial in for me was, hey, I have a camera. Do you mind me coming and shooting? A picture, you know, pictures, and they were like, "Yeah, sure, I'll take photography." You know, wait for me to finish it's free. my shower, and then you can take the pictures. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's Whatever. a different. That, that was supposed to be private, but yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so it's it's like so it's like do whatever. If you like cooking, I don't know, bring hors d'oeuvres or something to a conference, or you know, I don't know. It's it's whatever you enjoy doing that you feel like you can contribute. So, so the two things I feel are one for me. Conferences are less about the talks and more about the people and making those connections. Because I mean, the Derby Con is a perfect example. All of the talks are streamed live and recorded. Right. So you always have that, that, oh, I didn't get into that talk. But you know, meeting the people and talking to them and saying, hey, you know, can I go with you to dinner? Can I buy you a, right. a Coke or whatever? That's important to do because those relationships you know, I'm now face-to-face -face with Justin Mordine or Josh Huff, right. and I can see that they're really cool people and they can help me and I can help them. Um, you know you left me off that, right? I saw you two and, and you two and have <laughs> I noticed Didn't that. Didn't you just say this is not about you? Fair <laughs> <laughs> enough. Boom. Um, so the other thing that, that I, I feel is that in our industry, there is such a push for conferences. Conferences, conferences, conferences. Oh, did your talk get accepted? Oh, did you even fly for a talk? Oh, did you go to that conference? Did you get a ticket? The, the reality is, is that at a certain point, I was like, oh, I didn't get accepted to that conference, so I can't do that talk. And, and I started thinking, like, well, why can't I just make a YouTube video, a 10-minute YouTube video, instead of a 45-minute talk that I have to wait? Because, I mean, many times when you fill out the CFPs, you're, you're thinking two, three, four, five, six months out. And you got to think, well, do I want to, you know, keep this information private until then or, you know, whatever, instead of just, I can get this information out and kind of do that, that, that screen sharing of whatever's on my screen and just let me talk into a microphone. I don't have to be on camera. Yeah. There's a low level of effort, but I can get my ideas out and make essentially a video blog. Well, it's like you almost, it's like almost your own, own webcast, right? But it can be whatever you want. Right. At work, I started doing these. Uh, we have we have something that we we do in, internally, and and it's it's this like five to fifteen minute videos. And so I did one on like why you need an ad blocker. And you know I, I went to CNN in Firefox without an ad blocker. And I did it for the development tools, for the developer tools. Yeah. I was like we made five hundred different re requests to different sites. I turned on uBlock Origin, made the same thing. And showed in the video, I'm like, look, there's 167 requests, and it's like half of the data. And just that's it, and that's it. 10 minutes, boom, and it's raw. And I throw that on YouTube, and then people can pull that up, and it's, it's kind of that video archive of, yeah. of something like you would blog. It's not your writing, because writing is not a very strong suit. I know that a lot of people struggle with it. Right. Um, 
So, I mean, if you can talk, there might be another app. Yeah. Yeah. Video yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, a lot of people are, are uh, using Twitch now. Um, uh, Blind Hacker is one of them I just met the other yeah. night. And I was Jay like, Brinkley. yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, like, I just love that he's like, he's doing it and, and he's also like teaching people stuff while he's doing it, right? Well, he, he's interacting with them too. Right, like, yeah. You know, they, they're like, well, have you tried this? And he's like, oh, I never thought about that. And, and so it's right. kind of uh, your chance to share your tools and your ideas. Right. Why? Right. Well, and he's not a dick about it either because he says that some he's, he's seen some Twitch people where they're just like railing on like the people in the comments, and it's like like the, the whole point they're watching is so they can learn and get better at what they're doing. So, like taking the time to like pay attention to them and not be dicks about it, I think is great. I love that. Yeah. I think somebody else that's kind of got a really good handle on that uh, the video lessons is uh, Justin Seitz. Yeah. He's, he's got those videos. Um, shows off his, his product actually in a way I think he's solving a dark web puzzle. Like that was one of my favorite ones. It's just yeah. him recording and, and you know coming up with the you know these cool uh, mini CTFs that he found in the dark web and you know he archives that and it's good lessons. And then he's got the actual how to videos um, doing kind of advanced posting things with Hunchley too. Um, he does uh, really really well with that on uh, YouTube videos instead of Twitch. I think one of the things that we're really recognizing here is that there's value in not only sharing information, like you producing information, right. but, but keeping up to date, whether it's watching sites and stuff, or watching Joe Brinkley, or reading somebody's blog, or going to a con. Um, in OSINT and cyber in general, it's so complicated that there are a lot of people moving, moving the bar forward in a lot of different areas. We have to stay up with, with much of it. You can't see it all. Um, but there's a lot of different resources that are out there that you don't have to take a SANS class. You don't have to you know, get a certification to learn new tools, tactics, and techniques. Right. When I, 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 what I like about the conference too is what you talked about is networking. Like me, Josh, and Justin went out for like lunch today. And we had like great talks about, well, what are you doing about this? What have you, you know, I think we talked about Maltigo a little bit. Like, yep. What value are you getting out of it? How are you using it? Like, and that's that's where I get the value that I can then go back and take to work, and then maybe follow up with like a like Justin later or Josh later on different things. So like like you said, like all the talks are recorded. So like I, like and we were going to me and Josh were trying to get lunch together. Justin's like, hey, I'm down, and I have like several guys from work. They wanted to go into a talk, and and so it's like, and that's fine too if they want to go do that. But it's like like I got more value out of like our stuff because and I can go back and watch that later. They also, as a matter of fact. Because um, we, we were planning like a team dinner, they they went to the talk and then didn't go bother and eat lunch. So they're, I'm like, we're gonna go eat team dinner at like six. They're like, I'm hungry now. I'm like, well, you should have eaten lunch. I threw the offer out there. You guys wanted, to, you made your choice. So like, that, and that's the value that I get out of like these conferences and like even these conversations with the podcast as we get to talk about like different things, different techniques. Um, you know, and, and I've even like, I ran into, um, Tim Tomes out in the hall, hallway, you know, um, and it, I get to catch up with him out of one of two conferences. It's either DerbyCon or it's B-Sides Augusta. And I've stopped going to B-Sides Augusta since I moved to Nashville because it's a, it's a much more, uh, much more of a travel for me. 
Um, and I love B-Sides of Guests. I love their conference a lot. But at, at this point, after doing 10 conferences, I'm kind of just like, I don't want to drive five hours. I'm sorry. Maybe next year. Um, but, like, talking to him, it's like, you know, uh, he's wanting to do certain things. And it's like, hey, maybe we can help out. So there's, a, like, a lot of collaboration. This is where a lot of ideas happen. And it often happens outside in, like, LobbyCon. And that's, I think that's another point, too, is that even if you can't get a ticket to DerbyCon, you can still show up in the lobby. Yep. No one's going to kick you out for showing up and, you know, catching up with people. And sometimes I just wonder, why, why did I buy a ticket? I mean, I bought training this year, but it's like, why do I even bother buying a ticket? I don't... So you go that to see Vanilla Ice. Yes, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Yes, Vanilla Ice will be going on yes. in... What, how much time yeah. we got? Yeah. Another hour and a half? Yeah, I think they're actually just kicking off the party over there, so... Yeah. Um, opening yeah. at, but he's supposed to go on 1130. Yeah, I had every intention of coming this year with her. Well, so I didn't get a ticket when they initially got released. Right. I was coming no matter what yeah. for exactly that, right? And this is exactly why I come to Derby is to just hang out and talk to people and, and whatever. I ended up getting a ticket. Somebody, right. you know, hooked me up, but, uh, you know, I, I would have been here regardless because right. this, this is where the value is for me. Well, to Mike's point, ch- uh, ch- uh, ch- plans change. Change is plan. Plans change and like I had four tickets that I bought and I was able to get in, which I was doing by the way, in my car while I'm heading to the brewery with some buddies and it hit 12 noon and they, they, they parked right at 12 and I'm like, hold on, I gotta buy these tickets real quick, you know? And I ended up getting, you know, four tickets, which was just filling out for, for our team. So, we, you know, we got our, one of our, one of our, like two of our guys, actually I got like all four of our guys, two of them ended up having to back out at the last minute within the last week. I was hitting up like Josh. I was hitting up other people, going, "Hey, who needs a ticket?" Because you know we can we can get that. So it's like I think plans change, and and last minute stuff happen all the time. So it's not. I don't think it's hard to get a ticket here. It just it might take a little bit of um, you know knowing where to go. And I love that DerbyCon has set up like a Slack channel to where people can just go you know, easily uh, move that stuff around. And, uh, you know, I've even heard of people who show up at LobbyCon and they're like, yeah, I just, I just bought a ticket from somebody who said they were, they couldn't come, yeah. like last minute, so. Yeah, I was on a plane uh, uh, coming over here and uh, the, the actual flight attendant said, hey, some of you were on the plane for DerbyCon. And, you know, there's some cheers in the plane. And they said, yeah, if you need a ticket, this guy over here in a room in, in row whatever, uh, he has two to sell. Are you serious? Wow, that's that was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, you did it, but yeah. Is that yeah. Southwest or was that? Southwest. Yeah, that's Southwest. I love Southwest. <laughs> yeah, they're such a great airline. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just like that they're lighthearted. They, you know, they don't take things. I've heard raps. I've heard them messing with people. Like they just, yeah. Yeah. So. Going back to the value of just LobbyCon, even um, I think the first DerbyCon I came to, Chris Hadnagy gave like one of his SE talks and the Q&A ran long they needed the room and he was like follow me out to the lobby guys and he just kept going <laughs> right. to the lobby for like another 20-30 minutes and I mean if you're not one of those ticket holders just hanging out there and you just got one of the big speakers you know for free right yeah. that kind of stuff's awesome yeah, and, and that's the thing is that like all these like speakers and people that come here like Chris Hadnag is a pretty big name but he's very approachable mm-hmm. um, as far as you know asking him questions and you know Different things like that. Or sneaking backstage. Was he sneaking? Oh, you were sneaking backstage. Yeah. Yeah. Josh Huff came. Came. Like we met. I don't know if I, we we were talking about this on the podcast, but we haven't. I tell everybody this because like Josh is like in Mike Basil's, especially now that he's gotten like 
Mike Basil famous where he's in like Mike Basil's book. I'm like, I'm like, I made him. He's mine. He's the reason he's in the field. Um, but and I say that in jest because Josh is like just taken off within the industry, and it shows that if you apply yourself and you spend some time and, and take some effort, you know, you can like excel in the field and and start doing some really cool things. But like we were at Colasec, and he was at the time like a Staples. Were you a Staples manager, or like a Staples technician? Yeah. He was a Staples manager that like worked with the computers and stuff. And he was looking to get into security. And it's like, okay, well, I'm going to DerbyCon in three weeks. You get a ticket. I got a room for you. You know, I'm, I, I got, I'm getting a rental car on the way up. And he's like, he's like, all right. And within like two weeks, this was before DerbyCon, sold out within negative five minutes. But um, he got a ticket and he, he came along. And, you know, in the, in the car, I'm driving like the entire way. He's sitting back there learning how to lockpick on a book and, and doing like, like just reading books and like just really engaging. And then he gets here and I'm thinking... Well, he might hang out with me and we'll you know, go around and talk to... I know a few people and I'll talk to people. No, he was gone. And then I hear stories about like him hanging out with Chris Hadnagy and Crystal Method and, and ending up on the roof. Wait, you weren't supposed to... That wasn't allowed to be out, right? Um, you know, and, and, and just getting into all these things and like really like getting involved in the community and, and talking to people and making connections. And, you know, it's, so it's like, like... It's just great to see that kind of stuff. So... Yeah, and I think... You know, over, over the years, one of my, one of the things that I try to do is, is take people that maybe are standing there alone or, or you know, just coming to the con by themselves right. and, and bring them along and introduce them to people, whether it's, you know, a superstar like Justin Nordine, or, <laughs> or, or <laughs> who laughed, Why do you laugh? Because right. he's shaking his head. I'm shaking my head for, for all the people listening. <laughs> he's like, they can, they can uh, see how much. You know, you've done things in the industry. You've got to recognize. You need a beer? Do I need a beer? Yeah. Absolutely. I was thinking about something more foo foo y. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to describe foo foo y to me? Uh, uh, it's rum. Hmm? Do you guys do rum here or is it no, all? No, I have no rum in the bar. I knew it. Check, <laughs> <laughs> please. Um, uh, anything like rum, like, like sweet, like sweet, like my tie or something like that. I am not making you a damn I will take the pale ale that he had. Oh, sure. And so this is this is Lauren who hooked us up with the spot because I was going to have a... Yeah, we're at the Hyatt, which unfortunately DerbyCon moved over to Marriott, but I think everybody's coming over here. Um, yeah, because Yes, yes. Because uh, you guys are awesome, so thank you for the room. It's, it's really appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. You're back with the girly drink in God, yeah, I, I I love the I love the high because like and one of my one of the milk. She puts an umbrella in my drink. We're not talking about. <laughs> yes, we I'm are. Saying, no, we're not. Um, is is and one of my moments that I was just like, this is a really cool venue, is like when they had the flinging chickens that would stick to walls, oh. and everybody was flinging them up on like the you know the walkways and stuff to where you couldn't reach them necessarily and the staff is coming by with like a broom and they're not like pissed off or anything they're laughing their ass off while they're scraping right. all this stuff down it's like that's just like an awesome event and we've been they've been here for i don't know did they have the first year here uh, um i believe but, so yeah but they've they've been here for you know multiple years and yeah. you know it's, it's great when they have like 
the keg challenge on. And I think I was told, like I was told the other night that like DerbyCon has uh, surpassed the Derby in like the biggest drinking event in Kentucky for the high. So, I mean, like, yep. I don't know that's initially something we should be proud of, right? but it is an accomplishment. That's makes, what I tell people. Like, we're going to About our industry. Right, yeah, we're, we're going to, we're going to. You know, I think one of the things that you're mentioning is that, is that some venues embrace the, the weirdness that is what we are. Right. right. That, that geeky weirdness. Um, and I was just at Caesars Palace um, at, a month after we did DEF CON there. And there were some people that, when they were going down the escalators from the conference center, they would hit the sea, hit the the, the ceiling, yeah, the wall, yeah. stickers on it. And and when I went back there, you know, all of them are scraped off. And I'm thinking, you know, gosh, that must cost more. That must have cost uh, something damages and all. But I was thinking, you know, how cool would it have been if if Caesars had embraced this and said, listen, don't want to put stickers there. Cool. We're going to put a piece of wood here. You put as many stickers as you want up there. We'll give you that piece of wood, and that'll be that'd be awesome. sticker wall or whatever. Right. But, you know, work with it instead of against it. Right. Um, I thought that would be really cool. And to your point, too, yeah, I, I think the Hyatt Lou has been amazingly accommodating and just they they get us. They right. understand us. Right. I, I end up here more than I end up at the Marriott. Um, just, and a lot of people are coming over here too. I don't think the crowds are as, as big as I expected, but I mean, still, it's it's a great venue. It's still a great area to come hang out. So we'll see if they end up coming back. I don't know because I know Davis talked about like not wanting to become too big. Like they didn't move over to the Marriott to necessarily add more tickets. It was more to add more space. And I don't I don't know how you guys felt about it today. With There's a lot of room. Here. I mean, yeah, I but there was still a lot of people the there too. Yeah, but but it was never. I mean, I loved how how there was always room in like the walkways. The and hallways here, were bigger. The bigger. hallways are kind of narrow, especially when you put tables out in the right. hallways. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really pink drink, Micah. <laughs> it's just what I wanted. <laughs> How's it taste? It, and you're drinking it with the straw too. I don't I don't know how to feel with that. Put an umbrella in which I'm very <laughs> um, No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, but yeah, it's a, it, you know, it, it, it kind of goes with our hacker mentality, our info cybersecurity mentality. I was talking to some people uh, that were that was in LobbyCon today, and they were like, you know, it's amazing how you guys come here and you do a whole bunch of just things. You 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 you're self-regulating. Uh, I mean, Laura was talking about it last night when we were here, right? It's like if we get out of hand, we take care of it ourselves. We, right. make, we do that that positive peer pressure. Say, dude, you guys are being too loud. Let's not ruin this. Right. Um, and and we do that all the time. That that self-policing uh, to some degree. Right. Um, oh, there's still a lot of shenanigans around there here with that stuff. And I think the Marriott's getting the eyes. Most of our Josh's fault. <laughs> yeah. I know of one that was Josh's fault, but yeah. The Maybe. Are, they're, they're harmless here uh, because of the self policing. Uh, and like you said before, they try to keep it a smaller thing. They, they try to keep the family from right. a welcome environment. And that's kind of transferred over into that um, defending the, the hacker term. I mean, that's still a scary term to some people, right. but not to the Hyatt because it's the professional hackers here and they're, they are self regulating. Here for 
Well behaved is. Yeah. Yeah, well behaved a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Remember when they were doing the drones in the, in the, yeah. the lobby? Yeah. Well, some of it, some 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 of it is being more dicks. Like I've seen like pop, uh, pizza boxes like in in like hallways and stuff, and that's just, that's just a dick move, you know. So people throw up here and there, but like for the most part, it is harmless. It's like a drone flying around, you know, right. or people shooting bubbles from like the top at the top and just yeah. letting it float down like that. I feel like that's more like fun and you know lighthearted and and that's that's kind of what how the Hyatt staff takes it as well as they they and I think they realize like we can't control this well I mean <laughs> to, to some degree too like you get 2,000 people in, in one place you're gonna have people that are gonna cause like trouble right but for the most part the from what I've seen from not only this conference but even other conferences is for some what reason which I've never figured out the hacker community does and it's probably just the self-policing thing too but right it's well, I was going to say the goons. Very, yeah, very the goons hard. are. Yeah, the goons are around. And, yeah. and it's a lot less of an issue than than a lot of other conferences do. We we had that. So I've helped out uh, with getting some other conferences going, um, and and we had some of those conversations with with those hotel staff too. And it's like you know we're sorry. Like we know it's a bunch of you know hackers. Everybody's drinking and, and people get a little bit rowdy sometimes. We're trying to keep stuff under control. And they're like, oh no, like you guys are fine. Like we. We have way worse conferences from like teachers and like accountants and whatever. <laughs> teachers. And it's just like, huh. Nuns over here. Okay. <laughs> All those crazy accountants. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's strange. Um, you'd, you'd think that our community would, would cause a little bit more uh, trouble, but well, one of the things that Lauren brought we do pretty up, well. she said, she said that same thing. She's like, no, we, we love you guys because you actually have your own security that polices you. It's like, yeah. you know, no other conferences around here have security. Uh, to, to manage their own staff and make sure that we stay in line. Yeah. That, I think that goes to that defense and depth thing that we do so much, you know? It's like, hey, if we can't handle ourselves at a personal level, then the con will help us. If the con can't help us, then we move off to the hotel security right. and, and so on. Yeah. Or maybe I'm just full of wrong. No, no. All right. Yeah. No, you're getting full around me. You can still work on the hand. I think it's a lot. Yeah, that was very nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the conferences want to make sure they keep a good name too, right? And like, like, like Josh was saying, that people get concerned about the term hacker, and you know, it's 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 hard to get the hotels to let you come in, and, and you know, they get scared sometimes. So they, the conferences and the people running them want to make sure that everything's being handled properly, and people aren't getting too crazy and having in. Right. Yeah. Well. You know, during DEFCON, it was fun taking cabs different places because the cabs that, I mean, I was wearing a backpack and I did wear a black shirt a couple of days in the desert, so they knew I was at the conference. Right. And they're like, are you here with the hackers? I, I don't use my cell phone, I turn my cell phone off, right. my Bluetooth off, my Wi-Fi off, I turn my ham radio off, right. I turn my oven off, I turn all these, you guys hack everything. And I'm like, well, kind of. I was I went uh, to uh, I was waiting outside of a place to eat and I was I, you know I was wearing my eye walk that that peg like they had all the LEDs right the security guard came up and came up to me I, mean, I was way off the strip he comes and he's like hey that that's really cool you hacker I'm like, all right sure I'm, a hacker. <laughs> yes, I'm like a hacker man and and uh, and he says well if if I give you my if I if I put my phone out like this could you hack into it. Are you talking about it? Well, I heard there were some other people here that was like, I could hack into your phone just with my mind. 
like, all right, either somebody's just effing with you yes, and yes. having fun and you don't realize it, or, yeah. So, uh, I think so within our community, sometimes people take things a little too far. Right, and, definitely. And they don't realize that with the models or normals or whatever you want to call it. Come on, that's, that, that, that's what it is, right? I mean, you're, you're in cybersecurity. And, it's and basically magic. Stuff. And it, it, it's magic, right? It's, so, so, within the normals of the world, you have to make sure that you really explicitly communicate what's, <laughs> what you're doing, what you're not, and what can be. Can't. Otherwise, it is magic. It's, oh my god, he hacked in my phone. I got a phone call like three seconds after he left. Well, it's not necessarily hacking or anything, but, well, but sometimes they attribute it to it. Yeah, yeah. I broke the podcast. I broke the podcast. <laughs> that is the last episode of the CIS. No, no. This is the finale. Sorry, I'm trying to think of a question, but brain is going... For whatever reason, I'm just, like, really exhausted. I don't know about you guys, but, like... Conferencing is difficult sometimes. I, it, yeah. And I don't know what it is. Like, I'm, I've got, like, like, good sleep and stuff. It's just... I don't know. I, I might be burnt out with conferences. So, and I, I know I've talked about this quite a bit. I, I go to this is my tenth one. I I don't think I've done like I went to Code Match, which is interesting. Talking about other conferences, it's it's, it's interesting going to developer conferences because they don't sit in the hallways like we do. They go actually go to the talks. Yeah, the hallways are actually <laughs> fairly clear. The only people you see out there are like charging phones or something. It's so and, weird. Yeah, and it's it's just it's just an entirely different thing and I'm tr- I was trying to remember when, when we were talking about like the goons and stuff like I don't remember seeing security necessarily at like a developer conference and I just you know, I, I wonder if they I know the party they can party just as much as the security folks do but for the most part like uh, the conferences are just just different I want to go to a teacher conference because if, if they're doing some crazy stuff there that sounds <laughs> I don't know it's why it gets wild apparently yeah 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 you know uh, so so one of the things that I've done is I, I've kind of grown up in the hacker community you know with B-sides and derbies and shrews and all that stuff and I like that I consider that my people that, that you know that's where I feel comfortable and, and just hanging out um, and, and I've had the opportunity to go and, and attend or speak at other cybersecurity conferences and, and just like what you said it, it, the flavor the, the feeling of the, the attendees mm-hmm. 100% different I, I'm not going to name conferences but I went to one and and, and no I'm expecting I, I dressed up a little nicer I didn't realize it was a professional or professional conference and uh, I get there and, and people are sitting in their seats and they're raising their hand to speak and, like in the conference and they're they're, I mean, it's, it's almost like we use Robert's rules of order in order to like conduct each talk, and it was very, um, it was challenging for me because it wasn't that free flow of ideas. Like, uh, I, I in the Nova Hackers group that I'm in, you know, people will be either talking like, "That's crap," "Have you thought about this?" And I'm like, you know, you're used to that free flow. Like, I, I need you to understand where I'm coming from. Um, and when it's constrained and when it's professional, it feels different. Not bad. It just it's it's alien. It is. It's entirely different. They don't have to sh- throw balls at sh- in Shmoo-Con, like they give you a ball yeah. to throw at people. Yeah. Like that's the whole point of the conference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, I like that. Like 
But to your point about some of the other conferences, like Show Me Con, I, I promote the crap out of that because that is more of a, they get a lot more of the business casual type of people in the industry. So it's not the hack, I mean, a lot of the hackers come and speak there, right? but it's more of like a biz, professional business. And so they go to a lot of the talks, but they're also, they go into the talks asking questions, writing down things. Like I love when That's I'm speaking yes. and I see someone taking notes furiously. I'm like, I, something's going, I'm feeling good. You know, it just boosts that confidence. But, and I like that scene because it is a little bit different from some of the other B-sides and the Derby cons and the Def cons because like you feel like you might be making a little bit more of an impact and opening people's eyes to some of the things that um, they hadn't thought of and that they, they should engage more in. That's interesting. That one sounds like it's almost more in the middle. Yes. Some, some degree, yes, right? so it like, is. To, like, to, to, when Mike brought it up too, so like I usually refer to them as hacker cons and suit cons. You know, and the suit cons are more of like the, the super professional, everybody's all buttoned up and right. like Micah was saying, right, it's an entirely different feel, but a lot of times I've seen just the way that people either have to talk or even just approach folks is, is wildly different, right? And they immediately a lot of times in some of the suit cons, people kind of disregard that hacker mentality and, and people, you know, speaking from that standpoint. So, so do you consider like RSA a suit con? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Most it's of very the, vendor focused. Yeah. And Most of the ISSAs. And, I mean, there's good ones out there too, right? And, right. And, and like, I'm not, not knocking them. They, they, it's just an entirely different mentality. They're it's both it's teaching a, different sets of folks. Right. Well, the RSA too is, I, I think, more like an executive level thing where they get together. You know, they have the, the bigger budgets for travel to what San Francisco usually. Right. So. I think you can still make those connections. It's, you have to actively pursue it. I saw some of that with the uh, digital forensics conferences that I've been to. Um, again, kind of like, not full corporate suit, like you guys are talking, kind of somewhere more in the middle. But if I wanted to go up and, and have a side talk with one of the speakers, it was studying some stuff that, that's really close to what you're talking about. Do you have two minutes to maybe, you know, go, go chat on the side here? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Right. I'd love to, Mr. Buffin. Like, right. go and, and uh, find a quiet spot and, and have that talk and, you know, out here you just catch them at the bar. Right, <laughs> yeah. right, you gotta, right. You gotta yeah. find some way to, to break that initial, yeah, break that connection down. So yeah. we noticed that too a lot because I got started in most of my conferences helping out with a lock picking uh, group and running lockpicking villages at a bunch of different conferences. And so that was where we noticed that, that big difference was the hacker cons, just everybody comes up to the table, like you're, you're you know teaching people how to pick locks and it's just free, free flow of conversation back and forth versus at more of the, the suit cons, like people would walk by the table and look at it weird and you had to like really like engage them to get them to come over and like half the times they'd be horrified that we were even there teaching people stuff, you know, <laughs> how, to, how to break into things.